Got your Bible? Genesis chapter 4 this morning. Genesis chapter number 4. All right. Genesis chapter number 4. Story of Cain and Abel this morning. We'll look at this together. Genesis chapter number 4. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, would you open our eyes of understanding? Help us again to have an understanding heart and then give, give us wisdom, Lord, to uh, do with what you speak to us about. Uh, Father, if there's someone in the service not for sure they're on their way to heaven, Lord, help them to come to Jesus. Help them to understand uh, salvation. Help them, Father, Lord, accept your son. Lord, help us as Christians this morning. Lord, again, help us be a better Christian. Lord, may we learn from Cain and Abel and the story here and Cain specifically. Uh, Father, Lord, that we would not let sin lie at the door. Lord, as we look at what you said to Cain, may we look at that and apply. And again, we need your help this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, Genesis chapter number four. Let's just read a few verses together. Verse number one, the story. It says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the first of the ground an offering unto the Lord. In verse number four, and Abel he also brought of the first things of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance uh, fell. Verse six, and the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen? Verse seven is our text this morning. If thou doest well, God speaking to Cain, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is, thy, uh, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? And the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which are which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Verse 12, when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength, her, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth and from, the face, from thy face shall I be hid and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, therefore, Whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Look back at verse number seven. Let's just read it out loud so we have it in our mind uh, together. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. I want to talk to you for a few moments on that phrase that Jesus or God said to Cain here. He said, sin lieth at the door. All right. Now, I know that uh, there are other people who would probably define or say that this particular uh, phrase is referring to the sin offering. And truthfully, I, I don't know that that would be wrong per se. It was almost as if God was telling Cain, Cain, you messed up, but you can get forgiveness if you bring a sin offering. Sin, the sin offering lieth at the door. Uh, maybe that particular concept. Um, church family, I, I, whether that is the interpretation, I don't think we know for sure that that's the specific interpretation. I think Schofield might say that and a few other theologians might. Um, but I think that we can agree uh, this morning that what God was telling um, Cain when he said sin lieth at the door, that he, let me say first of all, that he said it before Cain killed Abel. Would you agree with that? All right, all right. If you don't, read your Bible again. All right, so Cain, before Cain killed Abel, God made the statement to Cain and said, Cain, listen now, 
you know, why, why art thou wroth? And then he says, why is thy countenance fallen? And then he says, hey, listen, uh, you know, if you did well, then you'd be accepted. But if you didn't do well, sin lieth at the door. In other words, um, again, I believe in the context, what he's saying here is God obviously knew that he was going to kill Abel. And he said, okay, now listen, if you don't get things right, sin lieth at the door. The temptation to kill your brother is going to cause you to do a major wrong. And it did. All right. We understand that he did that. You know, the principles I think that we teach most from Genesis chapter 4 is the principle of salvation because of the offering that each of them brought. We understand that. And uh, we understand from verse number uh, 3, 4, and 5 there that uh, Abel brought of the firstlings of the, of the flock and Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Now, if you don't mind, I want to just quickly say this about salvation. I want to give us the spiritual application for us as Christians this morning. But I want to tell you that's still going on today. All right. Now, the reason I believe that that's what it's talking about is because of Hebrews chapter number 11. If you remember in the hall of faith, and you don't have to turn there, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. Now, church, I don't know that all, I, I, do, I do know this, all the story's not here in the sense that we did not get every detail of Cain and Abel bringing that offering, but we understand from Scripture that Cain and Abel knew what kind of offering to bring. Listen to me this morning. God did not say, say Cain, I'm not going to accept your offering because Cain didn't know what the offering was supposed to be. And we know that because of Hebrews chapter 11, because by faith, Abel brought the acceptable offering. Cain could have brought the acceptable offering. So Abel brings a blood sacrifice. What's it the picture of? It's a picture of the Messiah who's going to come, who's going to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for our sin. So when it came to Abel's offering, it was because it was a blood sacrifice. And the reason Cain's was not accepted, because he brought of the fruit of the ground. What's that a picture of? The work of his hands. We got people trying to, uh, still today, and will be until Jesus comes, that think they're going to go to heaven because of their good works. You don't get to heaven because of good works. You get to heaven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The reason Abel's offering was accepted in the sight of God, it was a blood sacrifice. The reason Cain's offering was not accepted, because it was his own personal hand, if I can say, sand, uh, hand sacrifice to God. God, this is the fruit of the ground. I'm the one that grew these crops. I'm the one that's brought this to you. I'm the one that's giving this to you. And I'm just trying to tell you this morning, we don't get to heaven on our own works. We get to heaven because of the shed blood of Christ. Would you agree with that? Say amen. amen. All right, so I think the, the salvation principle is pretty clear here as far as the right sacrifice. But your family, the, if I can say the Christian principle that I want you to see this morning, that God is speaking to, the to Cain, not children, to Cain, is this idea of is that sin lieth at the door. Sin lieth at the, the temptation that of, of, the, of what Cain is about to do. The sin lieth at the door. Church, I mean, all of us have temptations in our life, and the truth of the matter is, sin lieth at the door. It's not far from us. It's a matter of just opening the door, temptation is going to come in. The sin lieth at the door. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you on that, on, on, on that principle, but also using this story this morning, because I think Cain and Abel definitely a good picture for us uh, to remember as far as in our own life. Church, family, Cain's sin was a, was a progression, all right? Now, let me just point out the progression, and I'll teach the, the, the message this morning. In verse number 6, look at your Bible again. And the Lord, let me, verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering had he had not respect, and Cain was very, what's the word? Wroth, and his countenance what? 
All right, countenance being his, uh, his outward. Countenance be, actually means face. In other words, it was shown on his outward that he was angry. Verse number six. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why art thy, thy countenance fallen? Verse seven. If thou doest well, thou shalt not be, uh, shalt, I'm sorry, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Now, church, I don't know if you're catching everything that's, ta that's taken place here, but there was a progression to... Uh, Cain's sin. Now let me just use the stairs as a representation, all right? Cain, first of all, does not bring the right offering. And whether, we, whether you can see it or not, Cain knew what the right offering was because God said he didn't bring the right offering, which means Cain already knew he didn't bring the right offering, all right? So Cain, first of all, disobeyed God because he didn't bring blood sacrifice. And we can go all the way back to Adam and Eve, church family. When Adam and Eve sinned, they sewed fig leaves together, but God had to kill an animal because it says he made coats for them. There had to be a blood sacrifice to cover sin. So first of all, they didn't bring the right, Cain didn't bring the right sacrifice. Then he gets upset because his, he gets wroth. In, that's an inward thing. He gets wroth because he's upset because his sacrifice doesn't get accepted. Then the Bible says his countenance has fallen. In other words, it's outward. He's saying things. He's doing things. That, that your countenance, it's seen from the outside. Your countenance has fallen. Then he does not accept the reproof of God himself when God said, why aren't you wroth? Now, if you don't understand, his, those questions was to bring to light what was going on in Cain's life. Then he kills his brother Abel. Now, church, I mean, can, can I tell you that if we as Christians, we are the same way, we have a progression of sin. You've heard me say before, and it's so true, because so many people make this statement. That person fell into sin. Now, church family, I want to tell you something. We don't necessarily fall into sin. We walk into sin, okay? And I want to tell you why. Because there's a progression that takes place before a person sins, all right? We, we say, boy, that was sporadic. No, life is not sporadic, all right? There's an inward thought. There's an outward action, all right? Uh, just like out of the abundance of the, of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. So before I ever said those bad words or those angry words, something was going on inside my heart and mind. The progression. Now listen to me. Sin lieth at the door. Now I want to tell you how you keep from sin from lying at the door. How do you keep from sin being right there to where, okay, I seemingly quickly made this response. No, we don't seemingly make the response. We allow sin to lie at the door. Now, God speaking to Cain here, he makes this statement. And after this, uh, this series of questions, and he says, now sin lieth at the door. And I want to talk to you this morning on this, is sin lieth at the door, and when that happens, looking at Cain's life, we can see a progression that took place, and the same progression takes place in our lives also if we're not careful. All right, now are you with me so far? Say amen. amen. All right, I know you're not, but I, I'm going to get you there, okay? The reason sin lied at the door was because of a progression that took place, took place in Cain's life, and if we're not careful, that same progression will cause sin to lie at our door. Church family, if I asked you this morning, I mean, is there anybody in here this morning you plan on killing somebody? Would you please stand, okay? I don't see anybody standing. Don't, don't, you know, young people, that's your parents wanting to take care of you, but anyway. All right, so no, there's no one's, nobody would openly stand up, I'm going to kill somebody today. All right, you know, we, we don't do that. A person, there's a progression that takes place. When Cain said, I'm going to kill Abel, and he decided to do that, and they're out in the field, and they're talking together, and all of a sudden he kills them. This was not one of these things, well, he made me mad. I didn't know I was going to do it. He did know he was going to do it. It was premeditated. Sin laid at the door. That sin of murder took place because of the things that took place prior to that sin lying at the door. That's what I want you to think about this morning. Now, your sin, or my sin, it's not murder, hopefully. It's not murder. But there's things in our life 
that where sin is lying at the door, the temptation is waiting for us, and there's things that you can do so it's not sitting there, all right? We, we allow the temptation just to sit there for us to have the opportunity to perform it, and God says, hey, listen, sin lies at the door. You want to keep yourself from that temptation, then I want to tell you what you should do. All right, look at these three things with me this morning. In verse number three through five, as we already noticed, Cain and Abel were bringing a sacrifice for an offering. We understand from verse number three that in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought. In verse number four, and Abel he also brought. We understand in verse number five, but, the, but, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. We also understand that in Hebrews chapter number 11, it says, uh, it talks about Abel, and then it talks about Enoch, and then in verse number 8 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now think, listen to me, listen to the rest of the verse, maybe we should turn to it. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right, now if you know it by heart, that's what the verse says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8. We understand that in verse number 4 of Hebrews chapter 11 is talking about Abel, then it's going to talk about Enoch, then it's going to talk about a person's faith. But verse, Hebrews 11, 6, did I say verse 8? Hebrews 11, 6, so verse 4, 5, and 6. Verse number 6 is that that verse is talking about all of those heroes of faith, all right? I'm sorry to make you turn to it, I'm not going to, but think with me for a moment here. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to what? For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then inside that chapter, you've got Abel and Enoch and Moses and Joshua and Rahab the harlot, all these different people who fulfilled that verse. What do you mean? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. They please God because of their faith. What was their faith? Faith is an action based upon what God's word says. Are you all with me this morning? All right, now follow me. Here's the thought. The first thing that I see about Cain and Abel, the reason sin was laying at the door for Cain is because of his worship. Now, what do I mean by that? Cain had the wrong kind of worship. What was the wrong kind of worship? He didn't do what God said. What was his worship? He was bringing the fruit of the ground instead of uh, an animal sacrifice. He was bringing, he had the wrong kind of worship. Now, just right, you came to church this morning, and sometimes we call this a worship service, all right? Now, what does it mean by worship? Worship means to bless. It actually means to kneel, but it means to bless. When we worship the Lord, uh, we're from our heart, as we sang him, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. We talk about songs that we just got done singing. We talk about our giving. We talk about uh, in our prayers. What are we doing? We're worshiping God. And by the way, you're worshiping the right way, all right? Because we have, we have access to the Father. We have the priesthood of the believer. We have access to the Father. Now, can I tell you that when your worship is not right, sin lies at the door? Ponder that. Think about it. When your worship, I tell you, let's put it in our vernacular. When your walk with God is not right, sin lies at the door. Oh, Pastor, I would never do those bad, wicked, ungodly sins. Oh, yes, you would if your worship's not right. You say, how do you know that? Psalm 119, verse number 11. Thy word have I hidden my heart. Why? So if you're not reading your Bible and you're not worshiping him and you're not going to church and you're not trying to spend time in prayer, are you listening this morning? I'm just trying to tell you sin's lying at your door. We get shocked sometimes. I can't believe that person did that. Okay, I can tell you, 
I know, I'm going to tell you why it happened. Sin was lying at their door. Now I'm going to tell you why sin was lying at their door. They weren't worshiping. They were not spending time with God. They were not walking with God. Their time with God was not there. Can I tell you from the youngest to the oldest person in here, all of us are supposed to have a worship of God. All of us are supposed to have a walk with God. Why? So sin's not lying at our door. Amen. Now, church, I mean, I've studied these verses out this morning, and I've read several different theologians, and I've not, I'm sure I've not read all of the quote-unquote theologians and students of the Bible. But I want you to look at verse number 7. I'm going to tell you what I think it means, okay? Verse number 7. Verse 7, it says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Now look at this next statement. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. I do not think that he's talking about Cain and Abel. I think he's talking about sin lying at the door. I think that what God is telling us here is that in verse number 7, it says, Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire. In other words, sin, you can call it Satan. You can call it temptation. I don't care what you call it. But sin has a desire for you to trip up. Sin has a desire for you to murder, for you to commit adultery, for you to, for you to quit, for you to be discouraged. That's the temptation of our flesh, the world, the devil. But I like the last phrase. He says, and thou shalt rule over him. Again, referring to sin lying at the door, can I just tell you, you can have victory over him. Amen. How do you know that? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. How do you know that? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you understand that the scripture says you can have the victory? Amen. I know it's talking about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 5, but it's also talking about life. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I'm just trying to say, according to Romans chapter 6, I can either yield to my flesh and do unrighteousness, or I can yield to the Spirit and do that which is right. Amen. So sin might be lying at my door, and sin's temptation is always going to be there. But I'm just trying to tell you, I don't have to have it lying at my door. You know how I get rid of sin lying at my door? I make sure I have proper worship. I have a right walk with God. I spend time in His Word. I'm not, I'm, this is a rhetorical statement. Don't answer the question. Don't raise your hand. But the question is always, always is, did you get up this morning and have a walk with God? It's so easy to say, well, today's Sunday. I'm going to go to church and I'll hear the word of God. But church, it's not just hearing the pastor speak. It's a matter of you hearing from God. And part of, part of that, a major part of that, is your own personal walk with God. Are you reading the Bible? You say, Pastor, I stopped that. I just, can't, I just can't keep up with it. So instead of being discouraged that I didn't finish, I just stopped doing it. That's what the devil's telling you to do, by the way. If you can only read two chapters a day, read two chapters a day. If you want to read three chapters and read through your Bible in a year, read three chapters a day. I found out a long time ago, we do what we want to do. We do what we want to do. What's important to you? Eating? Recreation? Education? What's important to you? You make time for it. Amen. I'm just trying to say that God should be the most important thing in your life. Amen. And if you want that, and by the way, uh, today you're doing fine. But you don't know a week from now if you're not going to get on some pornographic site. You don't know for a week from now if some other temptation is going to come by your way. And whatever it might be, it could be spending money. It could, it could be losing your temper. It could be a thousand different things that are temptations for us. And I'm just telling you, you're going to have sin lying at your door. And the best way to get sin away from your door is to have a walk with God and spend time of worship and talk to him. Person once said, when it comes to sports, 
The best defense is a good offense. We've got Christians that are all set up for defense, but they're not set up for offense. Can you hear what the best offense is? But the sword of the Spirit's the Word of God. Amen. The more time I spend in the Word of God, that's my offense. I'm going after God so I can stay away from the devil. All right, so the first thing I see, sin lieth at the door when your worship's wrong. Look at the next thing with me, all right? Look at verse number eight. All right, verse number eight says this, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and what did he do? Slew him, killed him. Church family, I know this is not all uh, alliterated outline this morning. They're really principles is what they are. But sin lies at the door when you're not right with your brother. Now, I know this was his physical brother. This was Cain and Abel. They were physical brothers. But church family, we're a spiritual family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. We're not going to be the same. Our spiritual levels are different. Our spiritual gifts are different. Our experiences are different. Our cultures are different. We're, we're, I know that there's a lot of differences, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And for you not to like a brother and sister in Christ or try to avoid a brother and sister in Christ, I'm just telling you really loud and clear, sin lieth at the door. Oh, come on, Pastor, that's not, just because I don't like another believer, our personalities are different, just because I don't like them has nothing to do with sin getting into my life. It does. You say, how do I know that? Matthew chapter verse 6, when he talks about the model prayer, when he says, after this manner, pray ye, and he gives us the model prayer. The very first thing he says after the model prayer is this. He says, now listen, if you have any trespasses against your brother, or, or any trespasses at all, then I, I'm not going to answer your prayer until you get those trespasses fixed. Matthew chapter number 6. And again, I could read them and, and, and turn to them, but he says, in verse, actually verse 14 and 15, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Church family, out of all the model prayer, that's the only thing that Jesus dealt with after he told us how to pray. Don't be mad at your brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Turn over to 1 John for just a moment. You got your Bible, 1 John, right before... Second John. <laughs> first John, second John, third John, Revelation, Jude and Revelation. All right, look at first John. Look at chapter number two. First John chapter number two. Look down in verse number nine. First John chapter two, verse number nine. First John two, verse nine says this. He that saith he is in the light. All right, now by the way, I don't have to define that, but I'm going to, okay? If you're in the light, you're saved. That makes sense. If you're in darkness, you're lost. Does it make sense? All right, he that is in the light. I'm sorry, he that saith he is in the light. In other words, you confess Christ. And hateth his brother is in what? Darkness even unto the law. In other words, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to hate your brother. Verse 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because why? Darkness that blinded his eyes. Church family, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Cain was a lost person. He's burning in hell right now. All right? We know that for several reasons. The New Testament often describes an Old Testament character. In the book of Jude, Cain is in the same verse with Korah and Balaam. And it's referring to them as workers of darkness. In fact, I don't think I read the verse to you. Um, I don't know if I can find that quick enough. But in Jude, it says that he was the, his father was that of the wicked one. Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Yes, here it is. Jude chapter 1, verse number 11. Listen to this. Jude 1, 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. All right, that's not the one I'm looking for. 1 John 3, 12, excuse me. 1 John 3, 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, slew his brother. Now, church family, who is the wicked one? It's the devil. 
And the Bible tells in 1 John 3, 12, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore, why, in other words, why? Wherefore slew he him? Question mark. Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Now, I know we can make the parallel with two believers not liking two believers, but in the true sense of this, it was a lost person not liking a saved person. All right? It was Cain not love, liking what his brother was doing. But the application is pretty, pretty plain there, that if you're not going to let sin lie at your door, you can't hate your brother. Listen, I'm probably only talking, I, I hopefully it's not me, hopefully the Holy Spirit, but there might only be a few of you this morning that this really completely relates to. The target's on your back, the Holy Spirit's trying to get your attention. You know, hopefully the majority of you in here this morning, there's nobody you couldn't shake hands with because you don't like them. If you, by the way, if you can't shake hands with somebody, you're the one. If you think that this person, you know, I can't stand to be around, then you're the, you're the person the Lord, Lord's talking to this morning. I'm telling you, sin is lying at your door. And I want to tell you something, it could be a major sin. It could be a major mess up. It could not just affect you, it could affect your family. It could affect our church. And I want to tell you how it's going to happen. Number one, your worship's not right. Number two, you're not right with your brother. You're not right with your brother and sister in Christ. Oh, I can't stand that person. Well, I want to tell you something. If you can't stand them, he's not the problem. You have the problem. You said, no, this is what he did to me. Okay, but wait a second here. He's not bothered by it. You are. In other words, the God says, of course, Luke chapter 17, verse number one says offenses will come. But God says that we're not supposed to let that, those things. What did he tell us in Ephesians 4, verse number 32? He said, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How? Even as, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How many are glad you're saved this morning? Say amen. amen. How many is glad God forgave you of every sin? Say amen. amen. How many think that God should forgive you of everything but one or two of those? Oh, you like forgiveness then? Okay, then I'm just trying to tell you that when it comes to making sure sin does not lie at your door, you have to make sure that you forgive others. All right, quickly, one more thing this morning. You're back to Genesis chapter 4. Sin lies at the door when your worship is wrong. Sin lies at the door when you're not right with your brother. Look at the last thing here. Church family, you probably have them underlined, but did you notice that God asked five questions in Genesis chapter 4 to Cain? Five of them, five questions. Look at them quickly with me. They're all right in a row. Verse number six, and the Lord said unto Cain, first question, what was it? All right, you can say it out loud, right. So why art thou wroth? And then in verse number six is the word and, and then what's the second question? All right, in the first phrase of verse number seven, what's the third question? All right, shalt thou not be accepted. Then jump down to verse number nine, and the Lord said unto Cain, what's the fourth question? Where is thy brother? And then in verse number 10, the fifth one, it says, and he said, what's the fifth question? All right. Now, I don't know if, you, if you're putting two and two together already, but three of those questions happened before he murdered his brother. Then God still in his mercy said, where is thy brother? Now, I got a question. This one's really going to be deep, okay? Now, think this thing through before you quickly answer quickly, okay? Do you think God knew where Abel was? Oh, wow. I guess, I guess he did. So, do you think he needed to ask the question, where is thy brother? No. You think maybe God already knew then, right? Why do you think God asked the question? You know why I think he asked the question? I think he was giving Cain an opportunity to repent of his sin because God already knew what happened to Abel. Amen. You talk about the mercy of God. Amen. Now follow me this morning. Can I just tell you that the questions that God was asking Abel was, why art thou wroth? Why is your countenance fallen? 
You know, you know what God was trying to tell, was doing to, doing to Cain? He was reproving him because of the sin that was going on in his life. You say, well, he didn't murder Abel yet. I'm going to tell you something. Being angry, that's still a sin. Showing anger, still a sin. Now, watch me this morning. If you don't want sin to lie at the door, you make sure your worship is right. If you don't want sin uh, to, to lie at the door, you make sure you're right with your brother. If you don't want sin to lie at the door, accept God's reproof. You know, it's interesting that it doesn't matter if you're an adult or you're a child. None of us like reproof. Nobody, li nobody likes to be told they're wrong. Nobody likes to say, hey, listen, don't do that again. Nobody. But yet, it, it reproof brings to light, keeps us from greater things in our life. Just from, I like Revelation chapter 3, verse number 19. Everyone knows verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if you may hear my voice. But you know what verse 19 says? It says this. As many as I love... I rebuke and chasten. Can, can I tell you that reproof is because, you lo because God loves us. And because he loves us, he brings to light things in our life. You say, you say how, does he, how does he do that? I, I know there's probably more in the scripture. But when you look at the scripture and you find out what God does to, to, to bring things to light, he does it first of all through his word. All right, obviously you know that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for what? For reproof. Hey, stay away. I'm almost done this morning. Please don't miss this. In other words, what causes sin to lie at the door is because when there's reproof in our life and we don't accept that reproof, God brings reproof through his word. God re brings reproof through preaching. Remember what Paul said? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. What's the first word? Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Parents, Proverbs 29, verse number 15. The rod and reproof bring wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So God uses preaching, God uses his word, God uses parents, God uses the Holy Spirit, John 16, 8. He says he would reprove of sin. God uses the righteous person, Psalm 141, verse number 5. All I'm trying to say is this, is that God brings reproof into our life, and what we do with that reproof will determine whether or not sin lies at our door. You all have heard me teach from, about Proverbs chapter 1 before... Um, as far as wisdom's words, five words, wisdom only says five things, five words, that's all, all wisdom says in chapter number one, and here's what it is. Turn you at my reproof. The wisest person is the person who accepts reproof. The foolish person, actually the scornful person, is one who hates reproof. Proverbs chapter nine, I think it's verse number eight, says this, um, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he'll love thee. Hey, children, I'm going to tell you something. This thing of getting bad at your mom and dad because they tell you to do things and you don't like them, you know what that's called? It's called being a scorner. You, you young people that love your mom and dad and have a good relationship with your mom and dad, and when they tell you, you know, that's wrong and you need to stop doing that, and you want to give them a hug or you want to show some affection because you love them, that's wise. That's wise. Can I tell you, it's the same picture of our Heavenly Father. When our Heavenly Father, what does he say in Proverbs 3? I think it's verse number 11, 12. My son, despise not the chasing of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the Father, the Son, in whom he delighteth. Boy, you better, you better count it a blessing when he reproves you, because that's, that's him saying, I love you. But yet there's some, I don't want reproof. I don't want reproof. Trying to find a monster or something ugly. You'll work. Come here.
I want you to crouch down right there. Act, act, all right. Act like a monster. Okay. All right. well, I guess that'll have to work. All right. How many think that's a good monster? Raise your hand. Think that's a good monster? Come on. It's not going to hurt his feelings. He don't care. All right. We're going to pretend this is a good Christian. I, I use the word pretend. I know. I know. All right. Good Christian, he's walking the path of life. He's trying to do the things that are right. <clears throat> Sin and temptation is sitting right here. He's sitting right by his door, ready to attack him, ready to attempt him, ready to get him to fall. He's walking the Christian life, and he's not thinking, not thinking too much. <clears throat> but what takes him by and leaves that, that temptation right by his door is because he stops having his walk with God. He stops spending time in the morning, spending time in the Word of God, spending time in prayer. So temptation gets to stay right where he's at. He's mad. He's mad at the brother and sister in Christ. Which brother are you mad at right now? Sound man. The sound man. <laughs> I'm just telling you he said that. I'm just telling you he said it. I didn't say it. He said it. It's his father-in-law. He's going to be in big trouble. <laughs> so because he's mad at the sound man, the temptation gets to stay at his door. That's what happens, church family. When you're not having a walk with God and you're not right with your brother and sister in Christ, pastor gets up there and preaches and says, hey, listen, you ought to love everybody, even sound men. And he sits in the, he sits in the service and he's inside his mind, he's shaking his head, no, I don't care. I married his daughter. I don't like the sound man. And the Holy Spirit's trying to bring conviction in his heart. And because he does not have a proper worship, and because he does not, he's not right with his brothers and sisters in Christ, and because he won't accept reproof in his life, temptation's ready. Sin's lying at the door. Come on through. Attack. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's what's happening. You can't change it. That's what happened to Cain. And you know, we look at Cain killing Abel and we think, man, alive, why would he do such a thing? I want to tell you why. Because he's let sin lie at the door. Now I want to tell you what does happen. One more time, come back over here. What does happen, he decides he's going to get in his Bible and he starts to make sure he has a walk with God. His worship is right. He praises the Lord. He, he just, he's, he's in tune with God. He hears a message, I make sure you're right with the brother. He goes and for Valentine's Day, he goes and gets something for the sound man and says, I just want you to know I love you. <laughs> he accepts the reproof in his life. Now, this is what happens. Come here, temptation. You can go on out that door because it's not at this door. You know, some of you in here this morning... Sin's lying at your door, and this is God's wake-up call for you. And you're either going to take this morning's lightly, and you're going to be the one that's going to be attacked by the temptations of the devil, the world, and the flesh, when you could get rid of it. If you say, okay, I'm going to make sure my walk with the Lord is right. I'm going to make sure I'm right with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And when the Lord brings something into my life as a reproof, I'm going to accept the reproof. Whether it's from the Word of God, the man of God, the Spirit of God, my parent, a righteous person, I'm going to listen. Don't let sin lie there. Kick it off the porch. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes?